Hey, 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 welcome back. So this is the very last episode of season four before I break for the summer and come back in the fall. So today we're going to talk about the fall of Roe versus Wade and what that means for single motherhood. First and foremost, um, I just want to say that we all need to vote. We all need to pay attention. We all need to vote with a very complex and detailed plan of how we're going to vote. Um, Because the shit that's happening now, it could have been avoided. I'm not going to stop saying that. Um, Those of you who didn't vote for Hillary, voted third party back in 2016, voted for Donald Trump because you thought it was a joke, you thought it was fun, and you thought it was games. You're a jackass, and you are part of a large part of the reason why we are in the position we are in right now. Donald Trump appointed three judges, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh. He appointed somebody else, too, didn't he? Anyways, he appointed enough, and there are enough conservative judges sitting on the bench right now for the Supreme Court that they are going to overturn Roe versus Wade. They are going to take away federal protections for birth con- uh, for abortion, reproductive justice rights, and that is all going to because now we've already we're already seeing it. We're already seeing it. We're already seeing it. They're banning Oklahoma banned abortion from the moment of conception. Louisiana is proposing legislation to ban contraception. They want us all out here barefoot and fucking pregnant. Um, And I'm sick of it and I'm tired and I'm really pissed off. And this is not a happy podcast. It's a podcast where I'm going to bitch and vent and complain because once again, this could have been avoided. Um, Now women are going to have to, especially the poorest of women, are, are we're in a bind now. We are going to have to figure out the best possible ways to get wherever abortion is legal so we can potentially get an abortion there, even potentially have to leave the country. Or even if you can make it to a place where you can get an abortion, you are now, you know, in jeopardy of facing legal repercussions when you return home. If anybody suspects or knows that you were pregnant or wants to use that information against you, they went out of state and got an abortion. We're going to try them here in this state because that's a crime. Put them in prison. This shit is devastating. Uh, it's really devastating. They haven't overturned it yet, but that shit is coming. Um, unless some type of miracle happens, I, I suspect that it will happen in the next couple of months. Um, they already, what happened a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, filings from the Supreme Court were leaked. And thank God they were because the uproar, baby, this is not the fucking Handmaiden's Tale. Like, what are you doing? Um... What is really interesting to me is how it feels like we're regressing. Women have had the right for legal abortions for almost 50 years now, over 50 years, when Roe versus Wade um, was passed by the Supreme Court. And they ruled in favor of a woman's right to privacy. Um, Women carry babies, y'all. I don't care if we need men to conceive babies. We take on the physical burden of actually carrying the baby, nurturing its life. That affects us. That affects our health. Um, we have seen socially and culturally men walk away from children. They walk away from babies like it's nothing. And the woman is left to shelter all of the emotional, physical, financial, and mental burden of raising children alone. That's it. Alone. And for this country to think, and for the conservative, far-right, Republican bloc To think that it is okay to strip women of their rights is really fucking beyond me. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I am always plotting on how I can get the hell out of this country because this this is about to go to shit real fast. 
Um, when we're talking about single motherhood, which I've dedicated, and I'm going to continue to talk about this, um, both on my podcast and through like my coursework and, and, and the stuff that I'm doing with my PhD, the stuff I want to write and research about and publish about and teach about. Um, we are really in a bind, really in a bind because essentially what is happening is that women are being put in a position to where they're going to be forced to have kids. Now what this does, I don't understand how anybody can justify this as being okay um, or even what God would want. Um, when you force someone, when you force someone to be a parent, we see this all the time with men. When men <laughs> are forced into a position where they do not want to be a parent, they flee. They create emotional and mental trauma for the children that they abandon. Um, women who are left to, to raise these children alone are often put in a dis- disadvantage. There's all sorts of statistics and research when people are forced to become parents before they're ready because they didn't have the resources to do what they needed to do this is not good you're literally like we're about to set up a couple of generations of women a couple of generations of children for failure by letting roe versus wade be dismantled and be brought down um, I keep seeing all these ads, you know, I'm I'm plugged into like a lot of different activist circles and I keep seeing all these different things about, you know, what women need to do to effectively do what our ancestors were doing. Um, as a black woman, I come from a lineage of women who know how to control birth, mostly because as we were enslaved for, you know, 300 plus years in this country, in this hemisphere, Many black women did not want to have children just simply for the sake that they knew their children would face horrendous abuse. They could potentially be sold away from them, raped, maimed, killed. Um, We are actually having to revert back to some of those ancient practices. Um, You know, that's the thing is like every culture has practiced abortion from the very beginning of time. Um, What you will do, what will happen when we take abortion away is that we will make it very very unsafe for women to seek out the kind of medical attention that they need to actually be able to safely abort children i want to dive into this when when i'm talking about single motherhood though i want to really wrap this into what i'm trying to say here about the fall of roe versus wade the future of roe versus wade and single motherhood um What is about to happen is that a lot of poor women or a lot of poor women of color are about to become exponentially more inundated in poverty because they're going to be having children that they do not want, that they cannot afford to take care of. Those children in turn will either go into foster care, become wardens of the state, will get filtered into the prison system. All sorts of horrible things. Um, this is not like up for debate. There is statistical proof that these this is what happens when children are born into poverty. I'm sorry, y'all. Like the world is fucking scary right now. Like, are y'all looking at the prices of everything? The prices of 
food and the prices of gas and the way that rent continues to go up and our salaries are just staying the fucking same. That should be concerning to all of us. It should be concerning that we are living in a time where the people who have power and the institutions, the bureaucracies that have power to actually effectively do something positive do not want to do anything positive and do not care. That should be concerning to all of us. It should also be concerning to us for a multitude of other reasons. But um, when we're talking about the future of Roe versus Wade and single motherhood, I have spent the last, what month is this? This is June. I have spent the last eight or nine months talking about single motherhood and talking about how difficult that shit is and talking about how in many ways it is an institution that makes motherhood and makes parenting because the way that single mothers do not have resources, because the way single motherhood is stigmatized, um, is making it extremely difficult and it's going to make it extremely difficult for women to be able to raise their children with dignity. <sighs> People are still going to get abortions. But we're going to lose a lot of women who can't afford to travel. We're going to lose a lot of women who are going to places and to going to, uh, you know, practitioners of abuse who are not safe who are not clean we're gonna lose a lot of people and the onslaught of death that the right claims happens with abortion is actually going to happen after they make abortion illegal we're gonna lose a lot of women we're gonna lose a lot of children we're gonna lose a lot of women um and i um i'm i'm doing the best i can mentally and emotionally to prepare myself for what we're all about to see Especially if you work with people, you work in communities um, where you're working with people of color and people who are poor. This is not good. This is terrible. Not to mention the fact that, once again, I don't understand how male politicians who are not physically capable of carrying women or carrying babies are passing laws telling women that they have to have children. And that they'll go to jail if they don't have children. And, you know, a lot of this has to do, a lot of this I think is being pushed by the right. Um, because a lot of, I'm sorry, this is, I'm not sorry. No, fuck that. I'm not sorry. A lot of what the right believes in is steeped in white supremacy. And a lot of white supremacy, a lot of the foundation of white supremacy comes from white supremacists being able to maintain their status by having numbers. How do you have numbers? You have babies. You increase the number of people that are in your community. That's where this shit is coming from. Like, let's not mince words about it. A lot of this anti-abortion rhetoric that's being perpetuated by the Republican right, by these ultra-right, conservative, right-wing, Josh Hawley-ass, Marjorie Green people is inundated and found it's it's foundational to white supremacist ideology and how white people are quickly realizing because this country um our black population is growing the asian population is growing the latino latinx hispanic population is exponentially growing and this country is not about to be a white country anymore and they know that and when that happens when this country is no longer white, the reason there is fear there is because they understand that, I mean, white people very clearly like whether they understand whether every white person fully understands the extent to which they experience white privilege, they know that minorities are not treated fairly. 
whether they can admit that, whether they'll say anything about it, whether they'll pass legislation to, you know, correct it and rectify it, probably not. But they know minorities are not treated well. And the danger, the the very thoughts of white people in this country not having the same level of political and social and cultural power that they've historically and traditionally had is it's frightening to them. It's scary as hell. Because if this country becomes a, a country of people of color, this country is no longer a place that has bureaucracies and financial institutions and political systems and cultural and social systems that are going to support just white people. This country will have to expand. The way that it does its very business, the way that it conducts every fabric of its very existence will have to change if the demographics of this country continue to change and this becomes a country of majority people of color. It doesn't matter what group of people of color become in charge. If it becomes a country with people of color, where, where people of color are in charge, things are going to change. They're going to drastically change. And they don't want that because they know. They know. They know that minorities are not treated well. Historically, they have not been treated well. They've been treated like shit and they cannot, they will not allow themselves institutional whiteness, white supremacy will not allow itself to be put in that position. So what do we do? We ban abortions. We ban abortions because first and foremost, we want to appeal to the religious, you know, the people who are ultra religious, the fundamental religious fundamentalists, religious fundamentalists in this country who believe that, you know, all life is precious, so on and so forth. And all life is precious, undoubtedly so. But until y'all start really doing the work to make sure that all lives are actually treated with respect and dignity, you can cut the shit. You can cut the bullshit because it's not real. Um, Single motherhood. Single moms are put at a disadvantage culturally and socially. And motherhood, first and foremost, um, motherhood is only really respected conditionally. Mothers are only really respected if they have husbands, okay? And then you can get you can even get more complex when you get into actual relationships because I've heard lots and lots of married lots of married women who have on paper and who have appearing to the outside world to be in very happy relationships will sit there and say that their husbands will not watch their children. Their husbands do not take an active role in actually being parents and that they do everything for those kids. They bathe them, feed them, put them to bed at night, spend all their time with the children. The husbands, while they may be there providing, you know, some type of financial compensation, even some of them, I've, I've, women have confided to me that even not even that's not even happening. So I, at that point, I honestly, I'm like, well, what the fuck is he here for? For real, sis, because that's the case. But... Back to what I was saying, um, a lot of, you know, I've, I've heard all these different stories. People have confided in me these different stories about not having any support enter, like, you know, within the actual relationship, away from the public eye. But when it's actually like when you're in the domestic space, still not having any support. And that shit is frightening to me because I think about single moms. I'm like, you know, we already are stigmatized. We're put in a position where, you know. It's like almost like this pity that people have for single moms, which many of us go out and do all move mountains on a daily fucking basis and don't really need anybody's. I don't want anybody's pity. I want your support. I think that's what most single mothers would want, right? We don't want your pity. We want your support. We want actual tangible support, resources, childcare, before school care, after school care. So we can actually go out and do the things that we need to do for our families. 
laundry services, a fucking housekeeper, a cook, a chef. All these different things. Those are the things like when I think of my life, because I will see wealth one day, I feel it. But when I think about when I finally reach that pinnacle and I reach those places and spaces, like those are some of the very first things I'm going to do for myself. I need a maid right away. I need somebody who's going to come in here and, and clean. I need somebody going to do some laundry. I need somebody who's going to cook. And I do. I need some extra support when it comes to childcare, so I can do the things I need to do so I can, you know, like I'm in the dissertation stage and I have my PhD. I have to have large blocks of quiet time where I can write. I have to have large blocks of time where I can get the things done that actually need to be done so I can progress on and finish my degree next year or, you know, at some point in 2023, finish this damn degree so I can close this chapter of my life and really blossom career-wise and really do the things I know I'm capable of doing and continue on with the things I've already been able to accomplish, I'm already doing, right? But, um... Y'all will really, I, I, I keep saying this, like y'all will really get to see how the world feels, how this country and this political and social and bureaucratic institutions really feel about motherhood and specifically single mothers when they overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, that pro-life shit is a sham. I promise you, these Republicans and these politicians that are voting anti, that are anti-abortion, that shit's a sham. You're on your fucking own when these kids get here. Can't afford a place to live? Figure it out. Your job's not paying you enough? Oh, well. Y'all can't afford to buy groceries and food? Oh, not to mention that formula shortage. Well, shit, breastfeed. Well, if I can't breastfeed, well, I don't know what to tell you. That's really what we're setting ourselves up for. That should be fucking scary to fucking everybody. That is what we are setting ourselves up for. That should frighten you. That should that should infuriate you and it should inspire all of us to do what the fuck we can at the grassroots level, at the local level, the state level, and the national level to get these motherfuckers up out of office. To put in place politicians that are going to do our bidding and do what we want for the people, work for us as they should. Because this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. How are you going to force somebody? I'm sorry, y'all. They're, and this is the thing is like, like I said, it, it gets worse, right? Like they're trying to get rid of abortion, but they're saying they don't want women to have IUDs anymore. They want to get rid of birth control. They literally don't want women to have any personal autonomy over their fucking bodies. That shit is wild. It's wild. Why are y'all like this? I don't understand it. My God, I really don't. And I do not understand how, like, at what point do you stop and, like, do these men politicians, these politicians that cannot actually have babies, they stop and realize, like, I don't, I think that they realize this, right? Because, like I said, abortion, the people with money and resources, they're always going to have abortion access. They'll be able to fly to whatever country or, you know, fly to whatever state where it might still be legal um, before it's probably eventually overturned there and get whatever abortion services contraceptive services that they fucking need it's the rest of us that'll be left out to dry and those kids that you can't afford to take care of that's i can see it now the state will be stepping in well you don't have you don't have this well you can't afford to do this you're not fit to be a mother no take your kids away put them into foster care place them up for adoption let them spend their whole life in the system then wonder why 
when they finally turn 18 and they they don't know anything else but the system while they find out they end up being back in the fucking system in prison or in jail it's infuriating um y'all start finding your feminist press your feminist press presses press (laughs) your libraries your books start getting all your resources and stuff together because um we're about to have to go back underground y'all for a little while i don't think it's going to stay that way forever but we're going to have to figure out alternative means to do the things that we need to do i have an iud in now i'm gonna see if i can get another one get this one taken out get another i don't even like i fucking hate birth control because birth control honestly i don't hate it because i understand why we need it but birth control also i mean the access the access that so few people actually even have this is why Planned Parenthood is so important. They want to say Planned Parenthood, all they do is abortions. That's a very small percentage of what Planned Parenthood actually does. Planned Parenthood provides, you know, medical services to people who don't have access to medical services. It does provide contraception, condoms. Next, they'll be trying to outlaw condoms. Like I'm literally like y'all dead ass want us up here and out here fucking barefoot and pregnant. And I refuse because the thing is, like as a black woman, um, I say when and where I have children. I say if I have children. I say if I don't have children. My ancestors who were slaves in this country who had no rights did not have the opportunity to say that for themselves. I think about all the women in my family who probably were raped, who probably had children sold away from them, who were probably beaten until they miscarried. Um, I say when. Every woman should be able to say when. Every woman should be able to say when. We should decide when we have children, if we have children at all. And we should be able to raise our children. Should we have them, we should be able to raise them with autonomy and with dignity. And that's a hill I'm willing to die on. I stand behind that statement 10,000%. Um, ain't nobody going to make me have no baby. And ain't nobody going to take my baby away from me. It's literally both. It's literally both. And women on both sides of those spectrums, women who want to have children, women who don't want to have children, they deserve to be protected, period. Period, period, period. I will not argue about that. That is the facts. Those are the facts. And um, we have to keep saying this. We have to keep preaching this message because knowledge is being lost. Um there's a lot of dialogue that Gen Z is going to save us. Gen Z is not going to save us if they don't have the knowledge and they don't have the tools. Gen Z will not save us if they don't have the knowledge and they don't have the tools. We have to keep teaching. As an educator, I feel very strongly about that. Um, we have to keep passing this knowledge down. Like We're literally, I'm in circles and stuff talking to women who lived and were doing this work before Roe was passed before Roe versus Wade reached the Supreme Court. Women who were like, I remember what that shit was like. I remember what it was, what, what I remember. Like they, like, like I literally, in the last podcast, I talked about how trauma imprints and these women are in tears talking about how they remember the women who were lost to back alley abortions. The women who got staph infections and, and, you know, were so scarred from these abortions that they can never like later in their lives that they even wanted to have children they were not physically able to because of the abuse that their bodies had to endure women who talk to this woman 
This woman said she was pregnant 13 years in a row in an abusive relationship. Her husband would poke holes in her diaphragm. Um, I, mean, I mean, he was raping her. Um, and she just literally, she said every time I would have another baby, she said, the chance, the chances of me being able to get away from him decreased. And she's like, I would just watch it, like watch the likelihood that I would be able to leave this man just would continue to just fall and decrease. These are dark and unprecedented times, y'all. I, I can't mince words about that. I hate it. I really fucking do. We deserve better. We deserve better. Um, And I, at some point, I'm going to create some resources so that we can all collectively figure out like what the next steps are for us as women. What are our next steps? What are the options here? Because that's the thing is many of us are in the very crux of our childbearing years. That does not mean we necessarily want to have children right now, especially in this fucking economy, okay? I hate it. I hate it. I think I'm going to wrap up because I'm getting upset. <laughs> uh, but yes, this is the end of the season. So I'll be um, promoting all summer and really diving into some of the other things that I want to talk about. Um, I just want to continue to just really say, as we are in these dark times where shit's super high, salaries are fucking low, y'all have my best wishes. I'm rooting for everybody. Hold on hold on circumstances change all the time this is not we're, we're we come from people that survived the fucking reagan era okay we got this so stay strong and i will see you guys again next season please tap in with me you can go to my website send me a message www.theslayleshow.org that's slaylest with s-l-a-y-y-y-l-e-s-t-e you can find me on instagram at the slayless show Facebook, The Slay Less Show. Twitter, Slay Less Show. Um, tap in with me. My email is slaylest. Again, the same spelling, S-L-A-Y-Y-Y-L-E-S-T-E at gmail.com. Tap in with me. This ain't the end. This is not the end for us as a as a collective unit and a community. We have options and I can't wait to see you guys next season. I'll be cooking up a bunch of really cool stuff. I'll be working on an op-ed this summer, working on my dissertation, um yes lots of cool things in the works yes 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 launching my consignment store so stay tuned um i love y'all and i can't wait to talk to you guys again soon bye